0: Always Loyal podcast presented by Lucia Capital Group, official wealth management partner of San Diego Loyal. In soccer, you've got 90 minutes to win the match, but how much time do you have to reach your investment goals? The clock is ticking. Don't wait. Go to LuciaLoyal.com right now to get your investment plan started. That's L-U-C-I-A Loyal.com. All right, Darren, here we go. Season two, episode 20 of the Always Loyal podcast. What's coming up this week?
1: Well, Jordan Carruth, this is the Always Loyal Podcast, which means that we are obligated to talk about Lionel Messi coming to the United States, plus a huge statement opportunity for San Diego Loyal at home against San Antonio. All of that and more on this week's episode of the Always Loyal Podcast.
0: He's not going to play for like a year or two, right? What?
1: It takes years of dedication to become a champion Palomar Health's team of world-class doctors, nurses, and technicians work tirelessly to ensure that the health care you receive is second to none. Palomar Health, champions of health care, champions for you.
0: It is a pleasure to see you, a pleasure to hear from you. San Diego coming off a 1-1 draw. Friday night under the lights at Torero Stadium, a little bit of a different vibe for SD Loyal. They come away with a point against one of the best teams out West. And I think we saw two of the best teams amongst the group. I think you could pick a little bit under a handful of teams out West that you could all make an argument for that could make a deep run into the postseason. I think San Diego's one of them. A lot to talk about with that. Another match coming up midweek, Wednesday, a rematch, a showdown. Against two clubs who do not like each other. In fact, do they hate each other? I don't know. We'll find out Wednesday night. San Antonio going to be in town after what turned out to be a 3-3 draw with a few red cards and a lot of goals early, a wave of goals late. And now we get a rematch Wednesday night. And of course, as you mentioned, Lionel Messi making some news this last week in the world of soccer. Where do you want to start?
1: Let me start. Uh, You mentioned playing on a Friday night at Torero Stadium. I did not know this until I was broadcasting the radio show Friday and Weston Bray, who's the liaison between San Diego Loyal and the supporter clubs, came and visited at our remote broadcast location during the day on Friday afternoon and told me this, Jordan, I don't know how I didn't realize this. Maybe you did. And it just slipped from one in one ear out the other. Do you realize that was the first ever Friday night match at Torero stadium for San Diego loyal?
0: That does not surprise me.
1: That surprised me. Not in a way like, wait a second, hold on now. I, I don't believe what you're telling me. Just it it hadn't occurred to me that we were never, ever at Torero stadium on a Friday night for a San Diego loyal home match. I, I don't, I, I, was curious to see how it went. I thought it was phenomenal, by the way, being in the building. Great energy there. I think they, as of the afternoon, had about 4,500 tickets out. And it felt great on a Friday night. Not that we watched the sunset because there is no longer any sun in San Diego. But uh, it was a great vibe. Great energy. Two good teams, as mentioned there. Sacramento, the top seed in the Western Conference, was playing the number four two versus three over the weekend with El Paso and San Antonio. So you're right. There was a little bit of a round robin field of week 14 in the USL championship, but I didn't realize that. We had never been there on a Friday night for a home match for San
0: Diego Loyal in it's four year history. Well, we've never lost on a Friday night. It's for stadium. How about that? True. Technically we've never won, but we've never lost either. I like glass half full.
1: We okay. they've never lost a Friday night match at Torero Stadium when facing the top overall team in the Western Conference.
0: We haven't had a fully sunny day in San Diego since February 15th. I know. It's draining, man. I'm not going to lie.
1: Like, I feel vitamin D deficient. I feel like this is having an impact on me and my body chemistry.
0: I I mean, you move to the beach and this is what happens. You get no sun, apparently.
1: (laughs) I guess not. I guess not. All in all, I thought it was a very entertaining Friday night. Thought it was great. I thought, yeah. like I said, there was good energy in the building. School's and it was out. So you
0: didn't have like a you didn't have to deal with a bunch of students running around. No, no,
1: it did seem like it was a little easier getting in and out, uh, in and out of campus on the campus of the University of San Diego. And all in all, Jordan, I thought it was a really entertaining match. I think one-one was probably the right result. I thought a draw was the right result. Hmm. I don't know about one-one. It seemed like both these clubs had opportunities to put a second goal home. I don't know. San Antonio, uh, excuse me, Sa- uh, Sacramento probably had the better chance missing an open net late, which I'm sure made everybody's heart stop on the loyal bench and, and certainly in the seats as well. But uh,
0: I think I, I, that's I well like said. I, think was, I felt like a draw was the right result. I think it's a, it was a close match. And I think if you ask players from each side, after the match, you would get similar responses in evenly matched teams, we had a chance to win it at the end. I think you can make that argument for both sides. You bring up the most obvious moment with Sacramento. They had a really good look at net and it just, it it cleared. Um, And then obviously San Diego, of course, I think you can say the the same thing. You you had opportunities. You were level against a very good team, a chance to put them away and a chance to get all three points. You come up short, you don't score um, late for the second. So you finish with the draw and you take it.
1: I do. I mean, I I guess, yeah, I I felt like Nate Miller head coach seemed mostly satisfied with what it was that he watched immediately afterwards in his post-match press conference. But, you know, I think you remind everybody how good Sacramento is. Sacramento came into the match with six clean sheets and they're now staked to a one-goal lead that they held for 40-plus minutes in the match before Elliot Collier takes a shot on target, handball called, penalty kick awarded, Ronaldo de Moos ends up converting. They're the top scoring team in the USL. They have the most clean sheets in the USL championship. So in other words, this is a really, really good team. And I think to, to go toe to toe with a really good team on a Friday night at Torero stadium uh, all in all and walk away with the draw is probably something that you're okay with. I think you're okay with that. It was, it was different than, than let's say the previous week's draw where you find yourself behind three nil, you're chasing the whole match and, you know, you have to score some goal in the 95th minute against San Antonio to, to get out of Dodge there with one goal where you really didn't play well, right. Didn't play well at all in the first half, had to make four substitutions. This one to me, it, it felt fair. It felt like it was two really good teams. Um, And, and, you know, we'll see Sacramento again, I would suspect at some point somewhere down the road. So, you know, possession in favor of loyal 15 shots, seven on target, I guess the one thing you can say, Jordan, is yet again, it's another one of these matches where, you know, you really want, I, I've forgotten what it feels like to watch San Diego Loyal play with a lead. You know, like, cause they had a lead against Miami in the 85th minute. So it was just killing off the match for five. But in this one uh, allowing a 29th minute goal and then scoring in the 69th minute, trailing the whole match against San Antonio. I want to say it's like three straight games, on the bounce that they've, they've been trailing in each of them three straight home games. Like, I want to see this team play from ahead, <laughs> you know, cause I've forgotten what that feels like. I don't feel like they've had a, a lead at home since Tampa, which was a match that you called, which was way back in April, like third week of April, April 23rd. So, you know, I, I know Nate Miller has been focusing on, you know, not falling behind all the time in these matches, not chasing that takes a lot of energy to chase down some of these matches, even if it's, it's provided a little bit of the energy and excitement that we'll remember whether it was open cup or San Antonio a couple of weeks back, but I'm, I'm sure for the coaching staff's, you know, own mental health, I'm sure for the club, for the psyche of the club, boy, they would they'd love to play with a lead. It just, it's it's been a minute since we've seen that.
0: Um, one win in the last five, three wins in their last 10. Are you concerned?
1: Um, I mean, I think the the constantly chasing and, and trailing in the matches is something I, I can't imagine isn't isn't internally creating a little bit of concern. But on the flip side of it, I also think being 14, 34th into the season, 14 matches in Jordan, 20 more to go. It's 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 a long season that I'm sure Nate Miller is probably saying, OK, you know what I like? I like that. Ronaldo de Moose now has scored three of his five goals in the last two matches, right? He had a brace against San Antonio, scored in the 95th minute, converted a penalty. Let's let's be honest here. If San Diego Loyal has aspirations on doing anything during the regular season and into the postseason, obviously Evan Conway's got to be somebody who contributes. Joe Benny Corona, Alejandro Guido, Toomey. But they brought in Ronaldo de Moose for a very specific reason. They need him to score they need him to score they need him to be a scoring threat each and every time and so to see him now tied with Conway for the team lead this season with five goals apiece but to see him score three of those in the last two matches would make me feel pretty good if I'm Nate Miller because because I, I think you and I would agree knowing what we know which which show you know, isn't everything about Ronaldo he seems like like he's a little bit of a volume score while he gets on one of these runs you know, you're probably you know, you're probably gonna see the floodgates open a little bit. So a little bit of a you know, nerve-wracking situation late in that match where he went down, grabbed his knee very late against Sacramento. Thankfully he was able to get up, return to the match. But that that would encourage me, you know, that it's that it's it's a long season. Guys got to get used to playing with one another. But that guy in particular to see that guy starting putting balls into the net to me would would make me feel pretty good.
0: Yeah. And Damus is a player who did not start against San Antonio when it finished three, three, when we had all the red cards, the early goals. We'll see if maybe that potentially changes. I don't know. Maybe Collier's just a better matchup against a team like San Antonio. We'll see. I think a, a, a result, I think a win, I'll say it this way. I think a win against San Antonio Wednesday night will go a long way. Because yeah, it feels like it's been a while since we've watched SD Loyal play with a the lead. There's no, there hasn't been a ton of minutes, like you referenced and outline there. We can bring up one win in the last five, three in the last ten. The biggest wins of the season, a three-nil win against Phoenix, one nil against Tampa Bay, an Eastern Conference team. You have the three, two win against Miami, again, a team out east. The teams that you're competing against in the West, Sacramento, El Paso, San Antonio, you're still waiting for a for a win. Um, and a result just simply better than a draw. You're done with Sacramento. Now you had two matches, a loss in Sacramento and a draw here in San Diego. So you get one out of a possible six points, um, against a very, very good team. Some would argue the best team out West El Paso. You've only played once you came up short. So over a possible three points there, you'll finish up that home and away in El Paso. that one's going to be coming up in September or that one's actually might be in October. Um, and now you get San Antonio for the second time. A draw in San Antonio, which is a very good result, but now an opportunity to get a win and secure four of six against a team that currently stands above you in the table out west. Those are the three teams that are above San Diego right now Sacramento, El Paso, San Antonio. No wins at all against any of them. I just feel not that you'll be defined by this Wednesday night match in the middle of the season because you won't. You're going to be defined by what happens in the postseason this year. I just it feels like it would go a long way to get a result against a team like this because that team is good.
1: Yeah. I'm well said not, not defined by what it is that you're going to do on June 14th. Is it June 13th, 14th, not going to be defined by that, but also, you know, let's just look ahead real quick because after San Antonio, Wednesday night at Pittsburgh, at Indianapolis, at Hartford, at Colorado Springs, Jordan, this is the last time loyal going to play in San Diego until they host Borussia Dortmund on July 27th at Snapdragon stadium. This is, I know it's still crazy. This is the last time that Loyal is going to be playing in San Diego until July 30th. So it's essentially like, this is your opportunity before you go and do all of your travel before you have to bounce back and forth on these East coast trips, even though the club is going to stay from Pittsburgh to Indianapolis, they're just going to stay out East. Apparently. But uh yeah, you wanna you wanna you wanna leave people walking out of Torero Stadium on a Wednesday night. Is it a statement opportunity for San Diego Loyal to take down a team that's ahead of them on the table, to finish and and be able to hit the road in third and ahead of San Antonio after a little bit of the bad blood that we've seen from two weeks back? And who even knows what it's gonna look like on a Wednesday night? It does feel like a statement opportunity for San Diego Loyal to me because you just laid it out there really well. One point out of six possible from Sacramento. We heard Nate Miller say, "Our goal is to 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 win the series, to win four points from these matchups here. Since we're playing these clubs twice in the Western Conference, we'll wait on El Paso, but a point now from San Antonio to win, to beat a team that's ahead of you on the table, it feels very much, even with 20 left on the season, it feels like an opportunity to make a statement. If you're Nate Miller and you're San Diego, alone.
0: so they're staying out east on this trip. That's interesting. Yeah, it that's actually, what I heard. May, it actually may have been quicker for them to." To play at Dortmund at that point after this trip.
1: <laughs> right. Just just keep going. Just keep going all the way to uh to Borussia. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, they I was that's what I heard from that's... from the El Presidente himself that between Pittsburgh and Indianapolis they're they're choosing to stay out on the east coast. So I don't know what they have planned. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what sort of what sort of uh, practice conditions they've already just squared away for themselves. I don't know if that means they're in Pittsburgh or if they're staying in Indianapolis.
0: They <laughs> that was going to be I my I, next question. I don't
1: know a ton of the details here. I was just told that they're they're actually, as opposed to going to the East Coast for Pittsburgh, East or time zone for Indianapolis. I realize Pittsburgh technically isn't the East Coast, but still Hartford, very much a, a East Coast state, state of Connecticut, that uh, in order to, to just take a little bit of the travel, travel mileage away. They're just going to set up camp there between Pittsburgh and Indianapolis. So it sounds like it could be a little bit of fun. And I'm sure it would be a lot more fun if you could could hit the road, obviously picking up three points at home against San Antonio.
0: So they're coming home after the Indy match or they're coming home after the Hartford match? I think they're coming home after Indianapolis. Okay. So they're not going to be out there for like nearly a month. It will be a a week plus. It's a long time. Yeah. Well, and then it? go back out to Hartford. Yeah. And then home and then back to Colorado Springs. I don't, I think it might be easier to play at Dorman. teams.
1: staying East coast from Pittsburgh to Indianapolis. That's, that's the official communication that
0: I got from the club. Interesting. I like it. I'm sure the players appreciate that. We, as we've uh, talked about at least a little bit, and I think it was with Elliot Collier, in fact, um, travel, not always glamorous at this level. So. Right. When you don't have to travel a bunch, that that's good. Eliminate this, some this of those This poor trips. guy
1: who's what, 6'5", 6'6", yeah. six, six, somewhere in that range, somehow ended up stuck in the middle seat yeah. on one of these flights. So, yeah, they're just going to eliminate that altogether. And I don't know that Pittsburgh to Indianapolis is the world's longest commute. So, I don't know. I don't know the details. Maybe there's a bus. Maybe and there's couple- an RV. Maybe there's an Airstream. I'm not really sure. Maybe it's a flight. But whatever it is between Pittsburgh and Indianapolis, they're just going to stay in that part of the world.
0: What do you think Dortmund's flying on?
1: Probably a private play. I would imagine a private I play. I would say so.
0: I have a I couple more play. questions from Friday night as you, the first ever Friday night match for SD loyal. Um, one, I have a question about the eight bit kits. How do you thought they looked in person? Also, I have just an observation. Alejandro Guido talking about the match after the, after the game. He sounds like a coach already. Yeah. He talks like a coach. Mm-hmm. He's he communicates like a coach. He plays like he's a coach on the field, which is a huge plus. It's a positive, of course, for Alejandro Guido. But listening to him recap a match, if he wasn't wearing a uniform and you could clearly see that he had just played, it'd be very easy to be like, oh, the the coach is talking about this.
1: I can see that. So if he he wasn't wearing the 8-bit kit, what you're saying, and you're like, who is this person? What does this person do for this club?
0: A Nate Miller suit.
1: Right. What and does this just, person do for this club? You might go, I I th- he sounds like the coach. It's the gaffer. He could be the gaffer. <laughs> the gaffer, Alejandro Guido. He's the Alejandro gaffer.
0: Guido. How'd the kids look in person? Uh,
1: I thought they looked phenomenal. However, there was a, However, a little bit of confusion. I brought somebody to the match who had never been to a San Diego loyal match before. And when we got there, this person said, uh, which team is loyal? So, you know, they like people are used to to you know a little bit of the Tory Green, and the Tory Green is a lot more prominent, right? Because you couldn't buy the eight-bit kit until Friday night mm-hmm. when you were at Torero Stadium. So it's not like anybody saw these out there on the streets. And this person's a very casual fan, to be fair. But when we got there, he's like, which which team is it? I was like, Yeah, we're we're pulling for the blue team here. I thought they looked great in person. I like the combo. I, I don't understand all these words that are used about gradient, but it's it's Blue, white shorts. I got to say, too, and, and maybe people will disagree with this, and it's fine if you if you object to this, hit up Jordan Carruth. What? I kind of like the SD soccer ball where the crest is. I, I kind of dig that. I thought that looked really, really good. Hmm. Nothing against the crest now, mind you. Yeah, Nothing careful. against the crest. Just saying, I really like the SD soccer ball logo there. I thought it looked fantastic. Charlie yeah. football. You guys are phenomenal. You said it last week. I bet you these are going to look really, really good in person, and they did.
0: Yeah. Do they they look better in person? They probably do. I would imagine they look better in person. They do. They're going to wear them again Wednesday night, if anyone is wondering. If you're you're listening to this Wednesday, the day it came out, tonight's match against San Antonio, SD Loyal expected to wear the 8-Bit Kids once again.
1: Yeah, I thought they looked great. I, I really did. Now, again, I- even for me as somebody who was prepared for this, as somebody who had this conversation, as somebody who who you know, we we spent time talking to El Presidente last week on this podcast, talking about the eight-bit kid, even, even for a second, it was a little weird to walk into Terrero Stadium and be like, wow, San Diego Loyal is wearing blue. Like they're <laughs> wearing blue at all. It just was, you know, we'd never seen that before. So it was just a different, altogether different experience. Be in there. Uh now I'm colorblind, so take everything I'm saying with a grain of salt, but my blues are on point. I know how to identify the blue. It's oddly enough, the greens, the reds, the oranges that mess with me. But uh I, I really did. I thought it looked really good. I don't want an entire sea change here. I don't want to swap out colors. I just thought it was a
0: nice alternative. I like it. We'll see it again Wednesday night. Also, the purple kit gonna be for sale. Yeah, Wednesday the goalkeeper kit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Solid. What did you think? What did I think of the kids? I, I think I was right. I think uh, I think they look even better in person, which is, it's a compliment. I think uh, a couple other things with this match coming up against San Antonio. Will we see any changes? I think we are we have to see some changes from that match uh, compared to what we, we saw in San Antonio. Damus, will he potentially start? Collier started against San Antonio last time around. Is that a matchup thing? Is it something where we see Damus starting to score and he's on a good run and you kind of want to just want them out there as, as much as possible and try to cash out. Um, maybe we see a change there, but I think the biggest change will be in net Duran Ferre started that match in San Antonio coca Vegas available. Now we saw him Friday night at Torero stadium. I would imagine he's available again, Wednesday. So I think that would be one of the bigger changes that we would see against the, the club that, uh, finished three, three against us last time around.
1: Yeah, you remember the way this went. Uh, Loyal found itself down 3 goals to none within what was it? 18-19 minutes, somewhere in that range, right. and maybe one of opening the
0: opening 16 minutes. They
1: had 3 16 goals. minutes and and you know, then somewhere in the 18th, 19th, 20th minute ended up having a player sent off with a red card which which balanced the match out. But we also remember too there were four changes that were made at halftime. Uh, Simba came out. Collier came out. Joe Benny came out. Blake Bodley came out. Adrian Perez, Tumi Moshebani, Ronaldo, who ended up with the brace that we've discussed. Camden Riley all came in. I've never seen that in my life. I'm sure it's happened that somebody, a manager or any club anywhere, obviously some of this is, is just because you couldn't make five subs, but making four subs at halftime so your point is is great. Like I'm really curious, do you go with what was working during the second half, even if some of that was probably aided along a bit by playing a man up for as long as Loyal had the opportunity to play? Or you know, do you do you believe that what you were doing there to start that match was the right idea all along and it just wasn't working out for whatever reason in San Antonio? It should be should be really interesting. Also, I want to see how this game is officiated. Nate Miller, we played it. We we played the sound last week on the podcast. He flat out came out and said, like, some of this stuff can't go on. Somebody's got to do something about this. Punching and spitting and fighting and things and things that were said. Like, like, you know, even if you think that's the way San Antonio wants to muck up the match a little bit, Jordan, it sounds like things were a little bit above and beyond. And being around Torero Stadium on Saturday night, I had an opportunity to chat with uh, a family member of one of the players. For San Diego loyal. I won't divulge whom it was. Hmm. And this person was, was giving me some secondhand accounts of what it was that happened against San Antonio. And it sounded like it was pretty rough, you know, that there actually was a spitting incident, that there was a lot of stuff that was being said that the, the banter that the, the talking back and forth, like, like reached levels where, where it was uncomfortable for people to listen to some of the stuff that was happening on the pitch. So how this one is going to be refereed, I think is going to be really interesting to watch. Does the ref come in here and you know, try to take over and try to establish, Hey, well, this isn't going to happen a second time. Uh, you know, is San Antonio going to show up looking to do the same sort of stuff that it was doing and, and try to get loyal all out of rhythm Does loyal. Then, you know, does it puff up its chest and say, well, you're not going to come in here and do that sort of stuff to us. Like, like it should be a really, really interesting Wednesday night match at Torero Stadium, mm-hmm. given what just happened two two weeks ago, which again feels um, got getting a little bit more information. It, it sounds like, you know, there, there was a lot that was going on out there on the pitch in San Antonio that night.
0: Most nights, you, uh, you can easily rely on the crowd to provide the energy at Torero Stadium, feed off the crowd if you're a player. This is one of those matches where you're going to need the supporters. So don't confuse what I'm saying. But there is enough between these two teams, especially based on how um, not so long ago it was that they played. This is still very fresh in everyone's mind. There's, there's going to be plenty of motivation there just on the surface. And then you throw in the fact that it's a home game. I think that just spices it up even more.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was 11 days, 11 days between matches in that one. Very chippy. Again, not, not something that you, know, you, you had to have a keen eye for. Nate Miller came right out and said it. There were nine yellow cards issued in this match. There were two red cards issued in this match. So uh, three nothing lead, 16 minutes in, as you said. This one had a little bit of everything. A 95th minute yeah. equalizer from Ronaldo Demus. So like you know, it had a lot. The spitting, the punching. Again, some of the details that I heard. Uh, lots and lots of chatting. First time and only time we'll see them in San Diego. If you want to even. Throw a little more sizzle and spice into this. Remember what Elliot Collier told us too. He's got this one circled, won a USL cup. We're having the defending USL cup champions in Torreira stadium on a Wednesday night, last match pretty much until the end of July. So, you know, there's, there's a lot going into a Wednesday night, pretty fired up. Even just sitting here chatting about it. Can't wait to get in there and see what it looks like.
0: Mm -hmm. And and the in
1: playoff two years ago too. knock you out of the playoffs two years ago. A lot of these dudes are still
0: around. And an opportunity with a win Wednesday night to get four of the six points that you would uh, potentially be able to grab during the regular season against San Antonio. All right, Darren. The other uh, some other big news in the world of soccer. We referenced it off the top. Lionel Messi headed to Major League Soccer. How many times have you seen Lionel Messi play in person? How many three times, times have you three? Mm-hmm. Where?
1: Uh, twice in Barcelona. Once in the U.S. with Copa America.
0: Where in the U S up in the Bay, Bay area. Yeah. 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 Pretty great. He's never... I've seen him twice. I saw him play. I went to a Barca Espanol match. So I saw him play when he was playing alongside Neymar and Suarez. And then I also saw him play a long time ago. This was like 2009 when Barca played at the Rose bowl. He came on, I think in the second half or... I may, mean, I don't, I think he came on in the second half. I'm probably completely wrong on that. But I remember Barca played the Galaxy, um, the Rose Bowl, long more than a decade ago.
1: Yeah, I remember that one too. I remember a very specific moment from that match that always entertained me. Something there. Sergio Busquets really just schooled one of the MLS players. Okay. What, what do you think? What do you make of all this? I, I mean, I realize this is the Always Loyal podcast. When is
0: he going to play? I still mostly... don't know the answer to that. Uh,
1: It sounds like it'll be one of those league cup matches. I guess it's anybody's any, we're all just firing darts. Now people are just randomly buying tickets every time that LA, uh, every time that inter Miami is playing somewhere for the rest of the regular season, people are just scooping up these tickets, whether they're going to use them for themselves or post them on the secondary market is anybody's guess. Seems like a risky game. I, I feels like it's going to be a, a leagues cup match against Cruz Azul, which they're obviously going to have to move to to Hard Rock Stadium, since Drive Pink Stadium is really one of the smallest places to play in Major League Soccer. Also, Inter Miami's alive in Open Cup. They're in. DFL dead last place in the Eastern conference standings. It's been hilarious to see some of the European soccer fans say, why would he go to a club that's in the relegation zone of major league soccer? You're like, no, no, hold on a second. Calm down. Only four points out of that coveted ninth place playoff position. Safe and comfortable. Uh, what a story though. I wonder what you think this just does for the sport in the U S as a whole. I mean, you can, you can narrow this down and talk about major league soccer or would I, I think the impact is a little bit bigger than MLS. I think it's, I think it's about what this does for the sport in the U S as a whole.
0: Yeah. The impact is getting more eyeballs, um, inside stadiums that but also tuning into matches to watch this, which is kind of the goal of the league. And clearly they're willing to do whatever it takes um, to move forward with that. If I were Leonel Messi, I would have a lot of special rules attached to me joining a team, as you described as being DFL out East in major league soccer. I would not be going on all these road trips. There is no, does he realize how big this country is and how much travel goes into trekking it around the United States? Like, I mean, didn't we hear stories of Steven Gerrard nearly just quitting on the spot in Dallas in the middle of the yeah. season because he said, screw this. What right. is <laughs> what is this weather and why does it take six hours to get everywhere? If I were messy, I'd be like, I'm playing home games only and I'll make maybe a trip to Southern California once a year. And that would be my list of demands. And I still think everyone would have given them the OK. I don't know when he's going to start playing, but if I if I were him, I would. I don't know if I think I would be skipping the the Cincinnati road trips. I guess
1: I would be skipping some of the the turf matches for sure. Right. Right. I, I mean, we can't we can't put the U.S. I'm sorry, Major League Soccer, but like <laughs> we cannot as a a soccer building growth country be responsible for Messi having some sort of catastrophic injury because he's playing on turf we just we can't we can't be responsible for that as as a country whether it's mls or whether it's usl or wherever it is because we can even talk about open cup and what that's going to look like next right. That was i don't even know that he's going to play any of those but at any point and you know, still i i i just feel like we need to to say like I I feel like this is just Messi wanting to find a little bit of peace and tranquil tranquility and happiness in his life. Something that he said he was searching for after a miserable couple miserable couple of years in Paris. So, you know, I, I want to ensure that he can do all of these things, that he can you know, continue to be uh, somebody who's incredibly important for the growth of soccer, not just MLS, but soccer in this country. But I I do agree with you that that we we've got to think this through a little bit. We just can't be throwing them out there on some turf pitches and saying, Hey, 36 year old Leon, i you know, go around and make a bunch of cuts on, on a type of surface here that you've never played on before in your life. But
0: um, I think it's, I'm going to you know, be honest. I'm-, I'm looking at the Eastern conference right now. I am eliminating, I think every, almost every single road trip from my schedule.
1: No Atlanta. I mean, that's the turf situation there. So yeah, don't deal with that. Only a couple of them.
0: Okay. But also, like, is he really going to put up with a trip to Cincy? Do we really need to send him to Philly?
1: How does Inter Miami even get get itself around? Do they charter? Do we have they do now? Yeah, they do now. I heard some stories. I forgot who it was. Um, Wasn't it Terry Henry? Terry Henry. Yeah. It was a guest that we had on this podcast. Uh, I don't think he, we're supposed he... to
0: share this story. I no, think this not. was off the air. This was, <laughs> no.
1: well, Terry Henry this was, is, was, let's, like he traveled. Let's, say it
0: this, let's say it this way. Lionel Messi would not be the first player to have a special set of rules come in here to major league soccer for traveling around.
1: Well, the story that I heard just to, to, you know, that you and I heard was that Henry like would, would select good players. Like if somebody had a good game, he'd be like, you can fly home with me on the private plane. If you didn't, then he was just going to leave you behind <laughs> like you had to fly commercial home.
0: I tell, I don't remember if we're supposed to share this story, well, but we it was always like, everybody a, it it was like a specific city. It was Columbus. Was it Columbus? Yeah. yeah. And so his teammates would always have like the best game of their season when they right. would play in Columbus because they all wanted the chance to fly home private instead of having to spend the night in Columbus and hopping on a Southwest flight the next
1: day. Yeah, they like, there was no direct, there was some sort of issue here. Everybody hated flying in and out of Columbus for whatever reason. And Thierry Henry's like, yo, I'm just not going to do that. So (laughs) So uh, that's not, I will have this private plane. And if you actually played pretty well, I might invite you to come on the plane with me. If nobody played well, well, then I'm just flying home on my own. Mm -hmm. So peace
0: out, sucker. See you back. Steven Gerrard was very close to doing the same exact thing. This isn't exactly (laughs) like traveling around England. Right. Can you imagine, though, what that's going to be like? Like even the
1: excitement of potentially I I don't know what this is going to look like. I I know MLS and the commissioner has certainly looked down his nose at the Open Cup. Some of the pitches that our players have to play on and all that sort of nonsense. So I I don't know. But I just am trying to think to myself, hmm, like like, what is that going to look like next season? That's going to be something worth paying attention to. People are going to be begging for those opportunities to play against Inter-Miami, even though I suspect Messi probably will not play in, in it. I mean, is he even going to jump into the open cup now, now that we're into the semifinals? Maybe, I guess, maybe speaking of Columbus, I think that's who Inter Miami drew.
0: I'm not sure. Is he but, allowed to, I don't know the the rules I, to they that. Know, they'll figure that out. I mean, I don't, Special I don't know. Special messy rules. The, the messy rules. But, I know people you know, get to that, so I'm sorry, but.
1: I've had a lot know. of people who have asked, you know, and I'm sure, every, I'm sure you too, as people like, well, Jordan, you're a soccer fan. Let's talk about Lionel Messi. What does it mean? And. You're like, yeah, good. Get involved. Like, like if this brings more people under the umbrella, then ultimately I think it's a good thing.
0: Right. And that's, that's the per. Like that's the driving factor of the move. It will bring more attention because I, I have gotten that text a lot since the messy news. And one of the responses I've been using is okay. Not including Messi, How many players in major league soccer can you name? How many players can Messi name on that squad? I'm not even Forget kidding. Forget the I say squad. That. Like, I'm talking about the league. Like, like, and... how many
1: of his teammates does he even know? Like, because, because I went look to took a quick peek at that Inter Miami roster, and I don't know any of those dudes either. I know
0: it. I know it's a bad look, but I just don't know any of these players in Major League Soccer for the most part. Just. And everyone I ask, no one can name more than a handful of players either. And usually one of the names is messy. <laughs>
1: but I mean, I guess it's a statement in some sorts about, about the sport in this country. I, I, I guess it is somewhat of a statement, you know, that that even though he's, he's where he's at in his career, and I think there's more to it with the national team opportunities with Copa America being in the States in 2024 and maybe a World Cup in 2026. I wouldn't completely rule that out. I wouldn't completely rule that out for him, but this is an opportunity for him perhaps to extend his career, enter the final stages of his playing career, which is going to include all sorts of marketing opportunities. And there's documentaries and TV shows, and he's getting a cut of the the tech industry here with Apple TV plus and a cut of the apparel game with Adidas. So, you know, Good for him, man. I, I hope he's happy and content with the decision because that dude has absolutely earned it. And I say that as uh as a Barcelona fan, too. He has absolutely earned that. So also, I thought really good news in the USL this week, Jordan, that that another transfer fee record was set by Lou City this time, Louisville City sold a US men's national team defensive player, Joshua Winder, to Benfica in Portugal for $1.2 million. It's already been a record setting year for the USL championship. So this is really good news. If if the USL can find its footing with the transfer business and giving opportunities to younger players. And, and this is part of the messy story because MLS still is, is gravitating towards players, foreign players, some of them a little bit older, some of them a lot younger, but it is still gravitating towards a lot of foreign players, bringing those in, and then what happens to the academy players? Well, they're not maybe getting the opportunities, so they're searching out opportunities at the USL level because you can play more at the USL level, and then you can convert that into $1.2, $1.3 million if you're the USL. If you're Lou City and you can sell that to Benfica, that feels like really good business. If, if a USL championship, if, if you can do this as a club at the USL, that you can make yourself a little bit of money, you can turn players into, into into profit. You can help develop them, and you can you can be part of a really good success story, which hopefully is the case for Joshua Winder.
0: Uh, that is very good news for the club. It's also good news for the league, as you said. Very well said. Yeah, I would
1: love. I, I mean, I don't think anybody, you know, even even hides this sort of stuff. If, if loyal had that opportunity, let's say with somebody like a like a Duran Ferri or or a Xavi, you know, who knows? I, I don't I don't know that that we're on that level yet. But I saw that. And I was like, wow, that's really, really good news for loose sitting. Like that's a way to reinvest back into your club here to, to, you know, get it done, do it the way they did it. And, and it's not just them. I mean, we've seen, like I said, it's been a record setting year for USL championship when it comes to some of the transfer fees. So, you know, that's how you sustain in, 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 in a system where you don't have promotion and relegation. That's how you can see yourself sustaining at the USL championship level.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really well said. Um, did you buy tickets to go see Messi yet, or what?
1: Uh, no. Okay, no, no, not for me. Not yet. That's for me. Okay, I don't, I don't think. I mean, I I got to see him at a time where you know right. he. <laughs> I mean,
0: I know he was. I got to was, see him at a derby alongside Neymar Suarez. That was. I'm really good, if,
1: good. I'm really really good with with how much Messi I've consumed in my life. As I've said, I just. But part of me that wanted to see a, a nice storybook finish at the club he's been with since he was 12 years old, but just seeing him happy is good enough for me, Jordan.
0: There we go. All right. We'll see Estee loyal in the eight bit kits. Once again, tonight they take on San Antonio looking to come away with a victory. And then they hit the road, staying out East for a while before the next home match against Borussia Dortmund, which mm. is so fun to say mm-hmm. Make a statement guys. Make a against, statement against Dortmund or against, against
1: San, Antonio?
0: San Antonio. Yeah. Yeah. And against Dortmund. We should beat them too. Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll do that. All right. See you at Torero. See you at Torero.
1: Put your values in action by doing your banking with Blue Peak Credit Union, a purpose driven financial institution. Learn more at bluepeak.com. Official credit union of San Diego Loyal must meet membership and account criteria. Blue Peak? Blue peak.